0: Today on CityCast Chicago, Vivenel Brown's future as a teacher at Woodson Elementary in Bronzeville looked bright. He was on track to become a principal. Then, in 2012, he was one of more than 100 black teachers that Chicago public schools fired or let go because CPS deemed their schools underperforming. So he sued. After a decade, that lawsuit was recently settled. We talked to Brown about the need for more representation at the front of the classroom. It's Wednesday, March 2nd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. You were laid off back in 2012, and the next year, former Mayor Rahm Emanuel closed nearly 50 public schools, uh, talking about declining enrollment and low test scores, It was a traumatic time for families who lost more than just their schools. It was their community, their friends. It was the teachers that were all taken. Can you kind of take us back to when you were let go from Woodson?
1: If you could just like fast backwards, like maybe about two or three years, we were being praised because we were the number one school in Region 13. We had the highest scores in the whole region, and we were on par with some of the highest scores in the entire state. So then one would have to ask, how in the world does this school go from the you know, top school of the whole state mm-hmm. to now being closed for academic uh, for, for academic issues. Okay. So what happens when they when they close the school is you have students who are probably you know below grade level. And what CPS was doing is playing kind of a shell game. They would send those, they would send those those students to schools that they deem to be successful schools or successful models. It's it's a terrible way to run a system. Instead Mm -hmm. Instead of dealing with those students in their own schools or trying to, which is what they used to do, or trying to bring in additional resources. But that was the way, as one of our principals said, that was the way the game was being played. And so we couldn't do anything about who came through our doors. All we could do is teach them to the best of our ability. Yeah.
0: That was that was one of the I think more most poignant things I got from reading Eve Ewing's ghost in the schoolyard and she said nobody thought about how the teachers who were busting their ass every day how the students who uh, were busting their ass every day how they felt about being told they were failures that they were not worthy of resources that this school was not a special and beautiful and unique place that provided love and support to the people in their neighborhood because that's what you tell um, that community when you designate them as being demarcated for closure, is you tell them that they're not worth it. Another material
1: fact that you just alluded to that I have to
0: bring up, that
1: one students in my classroom, when we had produced these, these incredible math scores, this student scored a stay nine nine, which means she's outscored 90% of all the students in Illinois in math. I mean, she was top. Okay, what was our reward for producing these students? They were told that they now can go to a school of excellence. They were all given a little pieces of the paper so They could leave Woodson. Jesus. What kind of system is that? Where the best and brightest students that we produced at our school are then taken Poached. by
0: another, like, like this is the, like this is the NFL we're a farm song.
1: club, right? <laughs> like, yep. we felt like we're some kind of farm club. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it also sent a bad signal to the other students who were at Woodson. It's saying mm-hmm. that, okay, uh, she's not going to be here anymore you know this is just a dump and as soon as as soon as somebody has a great score they're out of here i mean it it was turning out it was the whole thing was a joke
0: the lawsuit went on for 10 years original suit filed in 2012 and it took up a long 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 time uh before we got to the settlement having gone through a decades long process and and now at the settlement do you feel like you got to accept what you did get and You know, that that's that's the rap on it. I feel like
1: quoting uh, Frederick Douglass when people criticized him and he said the purpose of a minority is to agitate, 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 because the mainstream is not thinking about what's going wrong in the black community. They're not thinking about what's uh, there's discrimination in in African-American schools. They don't wake up in the morning thinking about stuff like that. We do because it affects us. So we have to think about it. So my answer is, is that no, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't come far enough and we always need to be vigilant and be on our guard because no one else will do it but us.
0: In December, the Chicago Board of Education agreed to a $9.5 million settlement with the Chicago Teachers Union. The district released a statement then saying that resolving this matter is in CPS students' best interest. And they said they will continue efforts to recruit and retain a diverse faculty that reflects our students' population. A lot of this goes back to that deeper issue of representation and the lack of black male teachers and the importance of students seeing teachers who, you know, look like them. You grew up in Chicago on the south and west side. From from what I understand, you kind of tell me what was it like as a black student in CPS schools? Did you have many black male teachers?
1: I had a lot of black teachers in elementary school, but I would say consistent from elementary all the way through high school, I had almost no black male teachers. The only black male teachers I really ever had, I think I had the biology teacher in high school, a history teacher in high school, and all the other teachers that I ever had were, were substitute teachers.
0: Yeah. I went to a Catholic school in Gresham, and yeah. um, I, I feel very fortunate that most of my life all I had were were black teachers mostly black women yeah Uh, I I probably had my first uh black male teacher when I was in the uh, sixth grade his name was Mr. Luster right he's he's one of the people I remember most when you were a kid is this something you paid attention to did you notice that that there was an absence
1: I did because it seemed to me that uh I always had a, a female teacher and I'm not saying anything negative about female teachers but I just thought that when I was a kid, there would have been a balance where I would have had maybe a, a fifth grade male teacher, you know, a sixth grade uh, female teacher. Uh, I, I just didn't I didn't ever see male teachers. And not not even, even white male teachers were almost mm-hmm. non-existent, but especially African-American male teachers, zero really. Mm-hmm.
0: You talked about your experience, you know, finally coming in contact with a, a black male teacher. I mean, even from your own experience, well, how important is that representation? How is it important is it for young kids to see uh, some of their teachers that, you know, like, like you and I who look like them?
1: It's extremely important because I remember even when I first got to college, you know, I had doubts about, am I, I going to ever graduate from college? You know, what, what's this going to be like? You know, and I remember uh, a black male professor. When this guy stood, he was talking about political science. And I, the first thing that you know, grabbed my attention is that, wow, I, I've almost never had a black male teacher before. And so I was kind of like, I was spellbound. When I was presented with role models that were successful black male role models, Hey, I, 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 they, I, I, it removed all the excuses. from me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get on the case, okay? It opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. It made me feel that uh, I could, that he'd already opened doors. And 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 if he could walk through those doors, so could I.
0: So when did you decide to walk through those doors and become a become a teacher yourself?
1: I graduated from Chicago State University, and I, I didn't go into teaching right away. What I did is, I was actually a professional dancer. Can you believe that?
0: I can. I I believe anything a Chicago mug tell me.
1: I studied ballet also, and and I was asked to teach dance at Kennedy King College. Mm. Through the experience of teaching dance, I determined. That I didn't want to be a task teacher, I just wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so the discipline they that they instilled in me carried over to my academics. Mm-hmm.
0: What was that experience like? Being you know, being back in CPS, but being you know in it from a new perspective now as a teacher.
1: Well, I felt that as a teacher, I was I could be more in tune with the, what the students were going through, and and their struggles. And yet at the same time, I felt that. Uh, I, see my, I saw myself as a tool, someone who was delivered to a place in time where I could actually do something special.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you still an educator?
1: Uh, no, I, I, I left the profession. I left the profession because I felt that, I felt, first of all, I was being forced out. The, the worst day of my life was, was leaving my students. And I, I had to go. I retired, early retirement. So you know I'm not getting what I should get. I mean, ret- early retirement, because I could not stay there under those conditions.
0: How do we keep people fiercely advocating for the future of not only black educators in Chicago, but for black students who deserve to see themselves represented in the people who are kind of stewarding them through childhood? Like, how do we continue to put this pressure on even without a kind of lawsuit bearing down on the neck of CPS?
1: I, I think that we can't lose sight of the reasons why we are there. We're there for the children. And so every day when I went to work, I tried to remind myself, you know, I understand the the, uh, policymakers, you know, I I, I know what it's like to be a practitioner. I I see the the issues, the pressure the parents are under, the the principal. Everybody's feeling this this pressure. But as far as a teacher, my role, one-on-one, is to move the student and that student and move my students to a better place. When I cl- opened my door to my classroom, all that stayed on the outside of my classroom.
0: I got one final question before I let you go, Mr. Brown. What do you miss most about your school and your students?
1: Just having them come into my classroom and, and sit there and I watch them interact with one another and I, I, I noticed the smiles on their faces or some of them I might walk by because I would present myself almost like a father figure as well as a teacher sometimes and I said I can tell you didn't have a good day okay so you want to talk about it no nah, I don't talk about it. okay well you knew all right okay okay you, you have the right to just like I'll give you a space okay but, <laughs> but uh as I said I taught dance as well so in after school I would uh have kids in in African dance they liked African dance. And and I had one kid who was just like, he was a real behavior problem at, 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 Whitson. and the principal brought him to me one day. He's just kicking and fighting and biting. And I, but he wanted to dance. This kid actually wanted to dance. And I said, okay, put him in dance. And I put him in dancing. And, and he, he just lit up that stage. I was so proud of him.
0: Well, Mr. Brown, I, I really appreciate you spending time with us here at city cash Chicago, kind of uh, going through the story uh, you're a longtime educator at, at Woodson Elementary, also a plaintiff in a, a major lawsuit uh, against CPS. Uh, so I understand that the last uh, decade has been been very long and very tiring. And I appreciate you making time to talk to this story once again with us.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
0: Vivanelle Brown may have left teaching, but one resource available to help support and hopefully encourage black male teachers is the Black Male Educators Alliance of Illinois. We talked to Kirby Bergens, a middle school teacher at Perspectives
2: Charter School in Bronzeville and member of the Alliance. Sometimes we just need someone to talk to, you know, a teacher that's been in the field a little longer than you. It creates that space where you are able to vent and do it safely without feeling any type of restrictions. End of the day, we still have an issue here, which is that a lot of black educators are leaving the sector. You know, I felt like for me, um someone that um, grew up in a home where both of my parents suffered from substance abuse. Um, someone who was raised by his grandmother um, who was, I would say, born in an area where um, there was silence, forgot about, and divest- divested. So um, I have... When it comes down to having those teachers that you can see um, representation matters. You know, as I stand here as a teacher, because I felt as though um, those schools um, that I went to, um, those teachers have invested so much in me. And um, I want us to surrender that to other students. And also for them to see that black men can be teachers as well. When I ask my kids now how many of them want to be teachers, you know, that number is low. (laughs) Low Um, as hell.
0: (laughs) Rarely do they raise their hand when
2: I ask And so that right there is a reason why representation matters, because when we see um, black teachers in the field, when we see male teachers in the field, it will produce other um, generations of teachers.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Dr. Ngozi Azike, the director of the Illinois Department of Public Health, is leaving her position after almost three years. 1,125 days, exactly as Dr. Azike noted in her beautiful and emotional farewell address. Governor Pritzker celebrated the director's tenure and leadership throughout the COVID-19 pandemic by declaring March 1st Dr. Azike Day. Arnie Duncan announced he is not running for Chicago mayor. I'm not gonna lie, that one caught me by surprise. The former Secretary of Education and CPS CEO has been criticizing Mayor Lightfoot and CPD over the last few months for their quote, public safety failures. And some good news to get you through. The Hyde Park Summerfest is returning this June, and we now know a few of the headliners, including Buster Rhymes and Chicago's very own Lupe Fiasco. Remember, for more Chicago stories and events, subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm newsletter. And don't be shy. Share this with your friends and your family. Everybody can get on the CityCast Chicago train. There's plenty of room left. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. that Chicago Public Schools fired to let go. Sorry, my breathing is off, let me try that again. Take some water, start again, don't pass out.